Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Forty-one pages of ordinal gooiness. It's really That's good, right. man. I, I spent a whole morning, afternoon looking at it, just like trying to understand this high. You know, I, 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 what are we calling this? It's just like high a, density, a, high, high, very confusing, highly confusing. A lot of, a lot of new stuff there. What uh, do you? Uh, so, for people that don't know, Casey's been working on this ordinal spec for a while now. Yeah. And, uh, your background is primarily, um, I don't know. What is your background actually? Uh, just a, you know, I'm a programmer. Um, I worked, I, I went to, I, I, I don't know. I, I dropped out of high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do for a long time. And then I took a programming class at a community college when I was like 20 and I was like, okay, awesome. This is what I'm going to do. And then I managed to transfer to a decent school and studied programming. And then I worked at uh, some giant tech companies. Um, I, I worked at Google as like a site reliability engineer and I was like, wow, this sucks. Um, <laughs> and then, and then I actually, uh, worked on Bitcoin for a bit. I worked at, um, chain code labs uh, way, way, way. Yeah. With way, Merch way, way, way back and, uh, in Jonas and those guys. What's up with those guys, Jonas and Merch? Uh, Jonas and Merch were not there at the time. So oh, wow. it was like the original founders who were, uh, Suha Stoftor and Alex Morcos and um, a couple other guys. Um, so it was way, way, way back in the day. Um, but I was kind of miserable working on Bitcoin. Like it's very slow moving. It's very hard to get anything done. It's very conservative as it should be, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like how you I threw mean, that in there at the end. You're like, as it should be. Yeah. That's like, not like, listen, no, no shade. Um, I think the Bitcoin <laughs> core development process is like, is, is good. Um, and also at the time I had written a lot of Rust, which is this new, uh, very yeah. shiny programming language. Um, and Bitcoin Core is in C++ and I kind of didn't want to write C++ anymore. It's just very fiddly and very inexpressive yeah. and very tricky. Um, so then I went back to work at a giant tech company, which was really stupid. I worked at Oculus for a while. Uh, oh, but doing did, nothing were, you, were you, were you working with, and they got, uh, they got, uh, I guess, what did they get? consumed by meta right or are they uh... yeah 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 i i was working at, at at oculus while they were like fully part of facebook so i was basically a facebook employee wow yeah what was that like did you ever meet zuck uh no i mean i i saw zuck you know i i, I caught sight of zuck you know around a corner and like on giving presentations and stuff but you never uh, like had a, had a chance to like have lunch or no i regret it like i should have you know like at the time uh facebook like I just should have gone to him and be like, Hey, like I know Bitcoin pretty well. Like here's why Facebook should be interested in Bitcoin. And I, because I, I don't know if there was anybody at the company who was just giving him that perspective, you know, and, and maybe <clears throat> if he had gotten that perspective earlier, 
they wouldn't have done Libra. They're sort of doomed. Yeah. Uh, stablecoin. Like, yeah, they're doomed stablecoin project. Uh, like, if, like Zuck could, could have been like, yeah, we're going to give every Facebook account uh, a lightning wallet, right? And that would have been a crazy, crazy change. Yeah, um, that would have probably killed Lightning at the time, right? <laughs> or who knows? Like, uh, I don't know. If it would have been. Yeah, like, it I mean, would have probably been Bitcoin, right? It probably would have been Lightning. Yeah, give everybody a Bitcoin wallet or something like that yeah. and, instead of doing the Libra project, which was doomed. Um, but yeah, so I, I worked at uh, Oculus, but I didn't do anything related to VR. It was all like consuming JSON from endpoints and then massaging JSON and then putting it back to other places. Did you um, see what he posted? the The founder of uh, Oculus here recently. He uh, uh, did you see that? It was on. He had like did this whole thing. He was just like kind of upset about Oculus and how it turned out. Um, yeah, that. So, are you talking about uh, Palmer Palmer Lackey? So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very controversial figure. Uh, it while I was working there, it came out that he had donated to some sort of like Trump thing and uh everybody was very upset about that very 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 upset wow it's kind of yeah. like the whole elon thing right now going on on twitter yeah exactly yep what are you uh what, what are you going to do with this ordinals thing yeah so back to ordinals yeah so uh yeah so i guess for people who don't know ordinal theory as i'm calling it sort of humorously um is basically a it's sort of a second layer on top of Bitcoin. I don't, I don't really know whether to call it a second layer or not. Um, it's a way of just looking at what's already in the chain and reinterpreting it. And specifically, its basis is a way of assigning unique identities to every single Satoshi and then tracking those Satoshis across Bitcoin transactions. Um, and it doesn't make any changes to Bitcoin. It uses sort of normal Bitcoin transactions to do this. Um, and it doesn't... Yeah, so... There's that, and that, that lets you sort of like collect and trade sats. You can have like rare exotic sats like from particular blocks or that have particular properties. Um, but more recently, um, I, we released this thing called uh, inscriptions, which are basically uh, Bitcoin native NFTs. Um, I kind of hate the term NFT, but whatever, it's the familiar term, I'll just use it. So they're, they're Bitcoin native NFTs and they work by including some content in a Bitcoin transaction and assigning that content to one of the sats in the transaction. And then you can track the ownership of that sat that has this special content uh, through further transactions. And so if, you can, if it's attached to a sat, then that means you can send it, you can receive it, you can, you can trade it. Um, and so basically it creates Bitcoin native NFTs. So that is, that is what I am doing with ordinals at the moment. Uh, and it's not just me. There's a, well, another you got guy more people. You have more people working on ordinals now. Uh, yeah. So there's me and then there is uh Raf Raf Jaff on Twitter, uh, who's the other primary contributor. Um, and then there's a few other people who pop in every once in a while and, and contribute or, uh, wow. contribute with ideas and advice. So you're further along than the last time we talked about this. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the, yeah, we've, we've done a lot more work. Um, you can go to signet.ordinals.com and you can see, uh, the NFTs that people are starting to make on Signet. Uh, we haven't released them on main yet, mainnet yet, uh, because we want to make sure that we never break, uh, any inscriptions that people have made that have value. But yeah, we, we, we 
did all this work. Now we're polishing up the website and we're trying to get to a mainnet launch where we actually let people create these mainnet, uh, these like Bitcoin native NFTs on mainnet. Yeah, I'm on there right now. It says Bitcoin native NFTs or no theory enables Bitcoin native digital artifacts that are as durable, immutable, secure, scarce, and decentralized as Bitcoin itself. Natively, no sidechain or token required. So these these images, Casey, are so uh-huh. they're just attached, like you said, in inside of the uh, the UTXOs, I guess. Is was that is that the right way to frame it, or, or you said sort of? I so, guess they're inscribed. I guess right. Yeah, they're, so the the images are actually contained within uh, Taproot uh, witnesses. So they're 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 contained within Tap scripts, uh, and there's sort of a few reasons why this is. Um, a good way of doing it. So you make this transaction and you put the image inside of the witness and you sort of structure it in a special way. And then the ordinal software, uh, there's, a, there's a wallet, there's a terminal wallet. Um, it associates the image that's in that transaction witness with one of the sats used in that transaction. And so that, you know, conceptually, it inscribes that sat with that image. Um, but yeah, it's it's not in it's not in the UTXO per se. The SATs are in the UTXOs and they move around UTXOs. It's in one of the transactions that was sort of apparent of the UTXO. Okay, yeah. So I'm reading here in the Ordinal Theory Handbook. Yeah, this is an amazing handbook, by the way. Um, Thank you. It 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 shows that you are using um, where's it here? Since Taproot script sends can only be made from existing Taproot outputs, inscriptions are made using a two-phase commit reveal procedure. And then you go on to explain how that procedure works. Yeah, that's right. So in order to, so there's technical reasons why we want to put it in a Taproot script. Um, the main reasons, there's two reasons. One is that if it's in the, in a witness, which a Taproot script is in the witness, it gets the witness discount, uh, which makes them cheaper. Um, and so, and because these inscriptions, the content can be large, we definitely want to make sure that we get that discount. And then the other thing is that Taproot witnesses compared to uh, SegWit witnesses and compared to other input types are, are relatively unrestricted. So they don't have any restrictions on um, the contents of the... Um, like how big it can be, or there are very few restrictions on how big the, the witness can be, et cetera. So we need to use, and but taproot scripts, you only can uh, reveal them after you've spent to an output. So like, the, you know, like let's say you, the, the way that a taproot script gets revealed on chain is, for example, you send me a uh, taproot script, an address spending to a taproot script that you control, I send to that address and the script has not been yet revealed on chain. But then when you spend from that output, you have to reveal the script on chain in order to prove that you satisfy the conditions of the script. And so creating an inscription is a two phase procedure where the wallet will first send to a taproot output, taproot address that commits to the script that contains the inscription that contains the content. And then it spends from that output and uh, reveals the script in that spend. And that revealing of the script and the inscription that's contained within the script, that's what actually creates the inscription. 
Um, end users don't need to worry about this two phase thing because the wallet does both transactions and both transactions can be created and broadcast at the same time and mined in the same block. But yeah, so it's a two phase commit and reveal. It's interesting here, like inside of this, I'm, I'm, I'm on the inscriptions part, but it's interesting here because you actually go into what the, the string looks like and you Mm -hmm. even like the script. Yeah. Yeah. Like you even say like the first string is the ord push right and i guess mm-hmm. that's the that's the spec that you that you're using right yeah so the the actually the way that the content is stored is kind of interesting so right yeah that's what i'm looking at it's really interesting you want to store like when you're putting something in a script you want to be able to use the script for other things like for example you want to be able to include other conditions like um you know a a, a script a signature check for example so that the spending is authorized so what we do is the script that we um, store it in is a op false and then a op if. And then the contents of the inscription are just data pushes, which are like just you know raw bytes, and then an op end if. And so it's basically like this branch of the script that doesn't get executed. It's like a it's like an if false. And so it never gets executed and you can just stick whatever data you want inside of there. Yeah. So you even, you even go into detail as to what uh, each op means, like the op one indicates the next push. And then Mm -hmm. you go op zero indicates the subsequent data pushes contain itself. And then you even go into the part where it says the hello world. Um, So you really do a good job of explaining this stuff. That's like really high level um, or, or at least, you know, somebody like me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff in there. There's also a pretty um extensive FAQ where I compare it to uh Ethereum NFTs, for example, and the different uh properties. Um I actually yeah, think I that see that's that. one of the best parts of the project. I think it's um I think a lot of Bitcoin people just won't be interested. Um you know, in part because everybody who is really interested in NFTs probably went to Ethereum a long time ago. Um, but I think that these NFTs compare very favorably with Ethereum NFTs and actually have better, better properties than Ethereum NFTs. Yeah, then you go into the RGB and Tarot assets. Um, but I remember you saying the last time that they're not very comparable. Is it or? I, th- I think they're, I think it's, I think it's fair to compare, compare them. I believe that RGB and Tarot both have functionality for collectibles. Um, but I think the main difference is that um, inscriptions have been made, ordinals and inscriptions have been made from the ground up to support the use case of collectibles. And so, or digital artifacts, uh, as I call them, uh, but like, let, I'll just say NFTs because that's simplest. But so su- to support the use case of NFTs, to be very easy for users to use and to present um, NFTs very nicely and have uh, features that are specific to NFTs. Like, for example, you really care about who issued an NFT, what NFT, what collection an NFT is part of, um, and some other specific, like the content type of the NFT. Um, so I think that given that focus on, inscri- on, on, on NFTs, that inscriptions are probably going to be more featureful and have a better end-to-end user experience for NFTs than things like Tarot and RGB. 
Although it's, it's, it's TBD, uh, Tarot and RGB are very early on. And if they get extremely popular, then I assume that somebody will do the work to polish the NFT inscription or sorry, the NFT like user story on, uh, Tarot and RGB. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's the comparison. And then also ordinals are much, much simpler. Um, yeah. they, to understand uh, have, too, I think. Yeah. They're very simple, simple conceptually. The sort of the way that sats get assigned identities and the way that sats transfer through, through transactions is extremely simple. And then the way that inscriptions get added to sats is also extremely simple. Yeah, it, it sure is. What, what, uh, how long did it take you to make this handbook, uh, Casey? Um, I think, let me look at the handbook. I mean, it sort of depends. I've I, I made it piecemeal over time, but the large pages like the inscriptions, the overview, the inscriptions page, the inscription guide probably took me a few, like two or three days of, of wow. work, maybe not solid work, but like, yeah, a couple, couple days. Wow. You know what you should do? You should get like a, like a little, like make a little like handbook, like, like this big, you know, like five by seven, just put like ordinal theory handbook. And then you just, whenever you go to conferences, you go to meetups, you just hand it out. Like it's, yeah, like it's, some kind of secret, you know? Yeah. 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 It'd this be awesome how, if it was like uh, leather bound. It could just, it, like something that looked like a spell book. That's what I'm thinking, dude. Like yeah. it, it'll, it'll be really cool. Cause then you can just like, Oh, you don't have the ordinal theory handbook. Like what's, what's going on? Yeah. What's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Uh, I, I love what you're doing with ordinals, man. It, it, it's one of those projects that you had, you had said from the very beginning that it was going to be very hard to create and you were going to have to meme into existence and like, you, 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 but now talking to you now, it seems like you kind of got a good understanding of like where it's all going. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of hard to work on a big project that has a lot of steps because you, you have to make good long-term decisions. But then if you think too much about the long-term, you'll freak yourself out by thinking about how much work you have to do. Um, you know, like I, like I have, I have plans to do trustless offers to buy and sell so that you can offer to buy and sell an inscription in a decentralized way that you don't need a marketplace or a trusted intermediary. Eventually, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but there needs to be like a mobile wallet and like a desktop wallet and a browser wallet probably. Um, and so you need to make sure that you make your, the choices that you're making right now so that all that stuff will work in the future but not think too hard about all of those future details so you don't get overwhelmed. Um, so that's kind of helping. Like I kind of just accepted that it's going to be a lot of work and I'm just focusing on putting one foot in front of the other. Um, but then also I've gotten a lot, of, I've gotten a ton of help. Uh, working with RafJaff has been great. Um, my friends have been really supportive about it. Like the, like I think probably my friends being enthusiastic about the idea of ordinals when I first told them about it, is probably the main reason why it has happened, right? If I told them about it and they were like, yeah, cool story, bro, whatever, <laughs> I would have probably just given up, but they were enthusiastic about it. And they were like, like ordinal theory. I didn't make up ordinal theory. My friend Mark oh, he made did? that up. He was like, yeah, he was like, it's yeah, ordinal name. theory, bro. And I was like, yeah, ordinal <laughs> theory. That's right. Such a great, uh, great name, ordinal theory. Yeah, so it's, that's kept me going. Yeah, it's, yeah, I would say like you doing the, you know, the ground game of like getting it out there and uh, just making it happen. And um, 
it got me interested in it. And that's because I, when I first heard about this, I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> 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 and, then, and the more, and the more and more I, I kept learning about it, you know, I'd, I'd go you, into you your, you learn just how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And then like, but there's something to it though. There's something, um, I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's the, the, uh, just, what do you call that? It's just like the, everything is like perfectly ordered. And I, I think maybe that's why I like it. It's just like, it sort of appeals to people with OCD probably, but I'm not OCD, <laughs> but it's like, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, everything's in its place. And yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like, it's just like a, like art, you know? So I, th- I think it is a nice, I think it adds some fun to Bitcoin. I, I don't think that there are a lot of projects that people make on Bitcoin that are explicitly you know, the only goal of the project is to be fun and interesting and, and involve art and creativity. You know, there's a lot of creativity and fun in, in, in projects on top of Bitcoin, but it's usually like a side, a side property, you know, like lightning, there's a lot of really fun and creative lightning services. And, but the lightning protocol is not designed primarily to be fun and interesting, you know? Um, and so ordinals really is ordinal really is designed to be fun it's designed to be aesthetically pleasing. Like I made choices because I was like, Ooh, that will be, they'll, I can do like fun, cute features with that. Um, and so I think maybe that's what you're kind of sensing as you like read the docs and like learn about it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's lighthearted. It's just supposed to be fun. It's just supposed to be interesting. Like that's the point. Yeah. And then you have, you have a uh, sat hunting or no hunting. What, 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 yeah. is, what is this? I didn't really get to dive into this part or the bounties part. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, the sats all have individual numbers, individual unique numbers. They start at zero, they go to 2.1 or 2.09 quadrillion or something. Um, and they're all just kind of mixed up out there in UTXOs. And so we've been running bounties where you can uh, claim the bounty by uh, finding a particular rare. Uh, sats that have certain properties. So sats that are, for example, from a particular block, sats that are from right, they were mined right after a difficulty adjustment or right after a uh, halving. Um, there's a way that the, all the sats have names that are just strings from, of the letters A to Z that are representations of their number. And so the latest bounty is to find a sat where the name actually makes up a word. Uh, and we have a word list of common, uh, I think, 12,000 words from the Google Books data set. So if you have a sat with a word from uh, that list sitting in one of your UTXOs, you can submit it for the uh, 400,000 uh, sat bounty. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And this we call uh, ordinal hunting. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Yeah, yeah, I even see here. So you have like the people that have claimed the 100,000 sats claim, 200,000 mm-hmm. sats claim, 300,000 300, sats claimed. Um, then you have, now you have a 400,000 sats bounty still out there. Yeah, this one, we, I think we accidentally made it too hard. It's oh. extremely difficult compared to the first three bounties. Um, we, you have to find a sat that is a name that's on this list. And I think that the... There's two problems. One is that there aren't very many names on the list. There's like 12,000 and there's, you know, 1.9 quadrillion sats. So compared to the amount of sats out there, the amount of sats that are eligible to claim the bounty is very small. And then also, um, 
the names, the words tend to be clustered together. You know, like you're not going to, a lot of words start with the same few letters. And this means that they'll tend to be together in the same UTXO. They're not like evenly spread throughout the supply of Bitcoin. And and that makes it even harder because, you know, it, it means that any any given UTXO is like less likely to contain a name. Like instead of each UTXO containing like one name, there's like a few UTXOs that contain a lot of names and most of them contain no names. And so it's very difficult. Uh, so we made it, it's way, 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 way too difficult. It, we should, that prize, like the prize should probably be like, realistically, it should probably be a few thousand dollars for the level of difficulty involved. Really? Wow. Yeah. Put it out there for people to go check out. Yeah, go check it yeah. out. There's, it's Bounty 3. Yeah. So when I, when I, when I think of Ordinals, there's so many use cases that you can, you can kind of do, right? There's the, the NFT, the rarity kind of use case. You also mm-hmm. have, um, I think you had mentioned one time there's a decentralized DNS possibility. Um, how, was that, yeah. how would that, how would that even work? I so guess. It, it, yeah, this is like highly wacky as much of the project is. So I just want to give that <laughs> disclaimer. Like this is, I'm not saying like, this is a, Air, yeah, yeah. airtight replacement for the DNS. This is a wacky replacement for the DNS, but every single Satoshi has a name, um, which is a string of characters A through Z. And every single Satoshi is sitting in a UTXO somewhere. And so that means that if you have a, if you look at a name like, you know, Thriller, uh, hypothetically, you could find the UT, like you could find the UTXO that it's in and you could find the address of that UTXO and the address, if the address is a public key, you can then uh, use it to make an authenticated connection to the person who has that, um, the uh. private key corresponding to that public key. So you could use SATs as a sort of DNS, as a sort of like, um, you know, if you, I don't know what you'd call it, like uh, the name dot sat or something, I don't know where you could go from a name to a public key and then to a connection to the person who had that um, sat. Um, it's, it's slightly weird because you can't go and buy a particular name. Like, let's say you wanted the name Thriller. Well, you can't, there's no, that, unless somebody knows that they have it, that name Thriller is just out there attached to one right. of the existing sats. No. So you, there, you're, it's unlikely that you could just buy any arbitrary name. Unlike you know, on the, on the in a in a in the normal domain in system, if a name is unclaimed, you can just pay the registrar money and get it. Um, but in this system, you would actually have to find the names that you uh, want in order to like get them. Um, or somebody could create a market where they could put, you know, where people could put good names up for sale, sats that had good names up for sale, and then people could buy them. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, in the far, far future, maybe you could use this as an alternative to the, uh, to the, to the DNS. I think, I think the first thing that I see, I think the first use case that I see is like just the marketplace, Mm -hmm. right? Where you could go, maybe there's an, maybe there's an application that I could go drop some UTXOs in, and then it tells me like what cool, exciting ordinals that I have, I guess. Uh-huh. Right. And then it, and then from there I could put them on the marketplace and then, and then sell them, I guess. Yeah. Totally. That, that yeah, would yeah, be like yeah. the first, that would be like the first use case, I think. Um, 
for like, a, I don't know, what would you call it? Like an ordinals marketplace of sort? Yeah. I don't know. Like sat, sat market. Sat market. Yeah, and you're <laughs> just selling those. Like that would be, that would be interesting. Cause I wonder if people would actually go in and purchase them. I wonder how that there, would work. Yeah, there are, there do seem to be some, um, you know, rare sat enthusiasts on Twitter, uh, who <laughs> have been, you know, submitting these bounties and, and having fun with, uh, with ordinal theory. Um, so I think if there was a market and you could buy and sell them easily, yeah, then maybe, uh, maybe you would get some market participants. Yeah, it would be cool. It would be cool just to have like, I don't know, maybe let's say I have like a hundred thousand sats and I'm just like curious to see like what, uh, what these are. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, I'm working on a, a system of, um, doing what I call offers, which is a partially signed Bitcoin transaction. Like, like let's say I want to buy a particular sat. I can create an offer, which is a partially signed Bitcoin transaction, where I see the UTXO that that SAT is currently in, and I create a partially signed Bitcoin transaction that pays some amount of money to the owner of that SAT, and can and and I sign for the the money that I'm paying for it, the input that I'm paying for it, and somebody who owns that SAT, the person who owns that SAT can complete that offer, that partially signed Bitcoin transaction and turn it into a fully signed Bitcoin transaction and then broadcast it um, to, the, to the chain. So uh, essentially, it's a way of doing a distributed marketplace where everybody can like, create these partially signed Bitcoin transactions that represent offers to buy a particular SAT or offers to sell a particular SAT and then just broadcast them around. And you can your wallet, I mean, whatever the interface is, will be able to see you know, the offers and you can click accept on an oh. offer if you want to sell a sat or buy a sat. Oh, wow. It's like, it's like you're recreating crypto kitties all over again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Although uh, I think the, the level of decentralization will be much, much higher. So I am yeah. sort of, even though I'm doing this silly, silly thing, I'm taking decentralization very seriously. And so uh, you know, unlike centralized marketplaces, um, like for example, uh, OpenSea, if you go list a NFT on OpenSea, if you want to list an, like your NFT collection on OpenSea, you actually have to give OpenSea permission to transfer your NFTs on your behalf. What? Oh, man. Yep. So this offers system um, by, avoids that. Um, you only... Um, you only tr you're, when you when you create this partially signed Bitcoin transaction, you're not giving any anybody permission over the UTXO that you're using in that partially signed Bitcoin transaction. You're sort of creating something that can be fulfilled only by getting the deal that you want. So it doesn't have the um, it doesn't have the problem of OpenSea where one you have the centralized marketplace that everybody has to go through, and two it doesn't have the problem that you actually have to give possession of your things that you want to sell to the marketplace. Um, yeah, I'm looking at OpenSea right now. Man, this is crazy. The amount of yeah, ETH that they're charging for some of these things. Yeah, the, it's not the even NFT, like the market, the prices don't make any sense. I mean, they're just completely insane. Like you'll, like I was looking at this like crappy, like pixel art of a sheep on OpenSea <laughs> and it was like a thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And there will, there's definitely going to be crap 
on ordinals. Like there are definitely going to be ugly, stupid um, inscriptions, but my hope is that there are also some cool ones. That, that's actually kind of what changed my mind about NFTs was um, I sort of saw NFTs and I was like, okay, these are all super dumb and super ugly. Um, and then I saw some NFTs, particularly generative art NFTs, where a programmer creates an algorithm and then the algorithm generates um, abstract art. I saw some of those and I just thought they were really cool. I thought they were really cool, really beautiful. And so that made me kind of um, stop like um, dismissing NFTs because all of a sudden I saw some that I thought were incredibly cool. Um, but yeah, the vast majority of NFTs are terrible. And so I'm sure there will be a ton of terrible NFTs on Bitcoin once they... Yeah. Because yeah. there's something out there right now, right? Doesn't Rare Toshi have something of a sort or do they... Like, how is that even... Uh... Where still- Toshi is on Liquid, so it's on a side. Oh, okay, chain. it's on Liquid. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, and so to people who are sort of like skeptical of NFTs and have only seen really stupid NFTs, I'd say uh, check out Artblocks. Art Artblocks Blocks is just a, yeah, Artblocks. Yeah, it's just a cool um, collection of uh, generative NFTs, and a lot of the art and the code is is very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking it out right now. It looks it looks really interesting. We should go to the um, curated. Um, there's like the curated collections, which are tend to be better than the non-curated oh, yeah, collections. Yeah, totally. So, do you think this will? Do you think this could exist? Something like a curated collection of a sort um, on ordinals with the inscriptions. Like, would that how? Do you think this could? Yeah, totally. If, if Artblocks wanted to start making Bitcoin NFTs, they could create a collection of ordinal inscriptions and uh, do it on Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah, there have been... So there's sort of in the, in the realm of Bitcoin NFTs, there isn't anything that's been Bitcoin native. That, that, so the other, other NFT projects are like, for example, Rare Toshi. Rare Toshi um, is a is Liquid, which is a side chain, and then there's also Counterparty. Um, yeah. Counterparty uses a similar technique to Ordinals in that it sort of embeds the data in the um, in the chain, but it um, uh, has its own token. So it's sort of in the shitcoin category. Uh, they launched an ICO way back in the day, and also it's not very good for. Um, NFTs and it's not very modern. It's it's pretty ancient. Yeah, counterparty token is three dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I I see what you're saying. It it kind of makes more sense just embedding them inside of the uh, already existing satoshis that are out there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to. It took me a while to come up with the way of doing it without um, like kind of with what Bitcoin already has. Um, if you want to do a project on Ethereum, for example, you just kind of write Solidity and then it takes care of you and you don't really need to know the details of the protocol. But if you want to do something on Bitcoin, you really have to understand the Bitcoin protocol pretty deeply to try to figure out how you can make the protocol do what you want it to do. Um, you know, like for example, for lightning, like you have to 
look very deeply at you know what how Bitcoin transactions are constructed, how Bitcoin script works, the consensus rules, and then only when you're paying attention to all those things can you come up with a design that works. And in this case, gives you you know micropayments or payment channels in the case of Lightning. Um, and so ordinals are kind of a similar thing. It took me a long time to see where you could fit in uh, NFTs into the Bitcoin protocol. Yeah. You're doing it, man. You're doing oh, I'm it. Trying. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Things, if, if ordinals get popular, there is going to be some uh, controversy. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, let's tell them again. Yeah, so, is. I mean, the, the inscriptions are in Bitcoin transactions, which means that they pay fees and they compete for block space with other Bitcoin transactions. So... If, if inscriptions get popular and people want to publish a bunch of stupid monkey pictures to the blockchain, the Bitcoin blockchain, uh, that, might, that might change the fee market. It might mean that uh, we go to a temporary or permanent uh, higher fee regime, um, which uh, might not be so fun for people who are used to getting transactions in it at one sat per V-byte. Wow. Yep. You heard it here first. Yep. Um, so I, I, I expect if that happens, there's going to be enormous controversy one, because people don't like paying higher fees and you'll two, go into hiding. You think yeah, I'll have to go into hiding. Yeah. <laughs> First death threat. And I'm moving to like Sweden or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like, like people don't like paying higher fees and a lot of people consider, um, I think we'll consider this use case to be like an illegitimate use case of Bitcoin, that it's not an appropriate use case for Bitcoin to stick content in uh bitcoin transactions um so uh that that might be kind of spicy oh it, it totally is i can already hear the i can hear it already. i can see it now right like yeah yeah, you yeah. even mentioned touching bitcoin in the wrong yeah. way <laughs> yeah 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 but i think that i think that the um the the fee thing is, is actually kind of inevitable and it's actually necessary and I think beneficial for Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin relies these days mostly on the new coins being created in every block to fund miners to provide security for Bitcoin. But as the um, new coins being created get cut in half with every halving, fees get more and more important for securing the network. Um, they're more they're they're a more and more important component of the rewards that miners receive. And if the block reward were to drop too low without or sorry, the the new coins being created, the subsidy were to drop too low before fees get high enough, then uh, we would be in an uncomfortable scenario where there might be uh, not enough of a security budget for Bitcoin. So, if ordinals become popular and they create demand for block space, all those extra fees will subsidize Bitcoin security and transitioning to a high fee, in fact, like a permanent fee environment where fees are always high is, I believe everybody thinks is necessary for uh, Bitcoin's future security. So um, I actually think that I agree paying high fees is annoying and sucks. But if the alternative is Bitcoin not being secure in the long run, then uh, I'll take high fees and, and Bitcoin being secure. Yeah. 
right? It kind of goes back to hopefully Lightning is successful and then we can all move over transactions um, like in shipping containers, right? Isn't that the yeah. You know, thing? I think that's right. You know, trans- shipping big, big, efficient cargo ships full of uh, full shipping containers full of Bitcoin transactions. <laughs> right. Yeah. So another thing I want to I want to kind of touch over and um, it it uh, it kind of goes with the whole current supply of ordinals. And this mm-hmm. always like makes me like uh, the numbers get longer like it. Yeah, I was I was writing an article today about your Ordinal Theory Handbook that I just mm-hmm. published right before we started this pod, and just when I get to the numbers section, for whatever reason, Casey, like it just starts <laughs> unraveling. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just People like, don't boom, like boom. numbers. People it, really don't like numbers. Well, it's not, it's not even it's it's not even the fact the numbers thing. It's just the the supply and, and then like you think, uh, yeah. So can you just kind of give me like kind of a quick. Well, yeah, it's probably not going to be quick, but like an overview of like how the supply and how the supply of, I think, because it's in the quadrillions, right? The the amount of uh, uncommon Satoshis. Yeah, see, I'm already having trouble explaining it. Well, yeah, so I mean, uh, these these numbers, you know, ordinals at its, at its heart is this system of assigning serial numbers to Satoshis. And so the numbers start at zero, and they go up by one for each Satoshi. And so the biggest serial number, the biggest ordinal number, is the number of Satoshis in existence. And one Bitcoin is um, 100 million Satoshis, and there's 100 million Bitcoin. And when you multiply, or 21 million Bitcoin, and when you multiply 21 million by 100 million, you get... 2.1 2.1 quadrillion, which is an extremely large number. Like, I don't even think that I've ever heard about a quadrillion anything in real life, right? Like, I think the biggest numbers that I hear about in real life are trillions. things about the US or world economy, which yeah. is always measured in uh, trillions. I mean, we'll get to quadrillion at this at this rate, but... <laughs> yeah, with inflation, we'll be at quadrillion soon. <laughs> so yeah, so they're, they're very large numbers, but yeah... Each Satoshi has an individual serial number and they're in the order in which the Satoshis are mined. And so they get extremely large. So the the part that I find really fascinating is the like when you get into like the rare and the 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 mythic and then the the epic and like these type of things. Like to me, that's uh-huh. like the, that's like the crowning jewel. That's like the the temple of doom, right? When you get to the thing. Uh-huh. Like, can you explain that to the audience what those are? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, for fun, I created a rarity system for sats um, so that, you know, I, I wanted to make some sats rarer and some sats, you know, more special than other sats. So I tried to um, look at the Bitcoin protocol for, you know, well, like maybe something in Bitcoin, you know, I can use something from the existing Bitcoin protocol. So I, I decided that I would use the periodic events that happen in the Bitcoin protocol, the repeating events. And so the most common repeating event in Bitcoin is a block. Every 10 minutes, there's a Bitcoin block. And so if a sat is not the first sat in the block, then it's common. But if it's the first, if it's the first sat of the block, it's uncommon. So that's the first rarity level is an uncommon sat, just a, a step above the common trash sat. And then <laughs> trash uh, every, uh, the next most common 
the, the next most frequent um, periodic event in Bitcoin is the difficulty adjustment. Every 2016 blocks or two weeks, there's a difficulty adjustment. And so the first sat of the first block of the new difficulty adjustment period is uh, rare as like the next you know, step up. I think the, the, color for un, the color for common is gray. The color for uncommon is green. And the color for rare, rare sats is uh, blue. Uh, and then the next most frequent periodic event in Bitcoin is the halving. Every 210,000 blocks, there's a halving and the block reward gets cut in half. And the first sat of the first block after the halving, or approximately every four years, is uh, mythic. Yeah. And it's purple. And then for a long time, I thought that was the, you know, that was where the rarity system would end, that that was the final tier on the rarity system. Um, but then I realized that there's a periodic event in Bitcoin that's even, even rarer than the halving. So the difficulty adjustment and the halving normally don't happen on the same block. The difficulty adjustment is every two, 200, 2016 blocks. The halving is every 21, 210,000 blocks. And if you divide 210,000 by 16, it's not an even number. So it means that you know, they don't divide each other evenly. So the, the difficulty adjustment and the halving don't happen on the same block. Except once every four halvings or approximately, uh, what is that? Uh, 24 years. No, no. Yeah. Every four halvings, every 24 years. Is that right? No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's like six. It's every six halvings. Yeah. Every six halvings or 24 years, the difficulty adjustment and the halving happen on the same block. Wow. Yeah. There will only ever be five such events. Yeah. In the entire history of Bitcoin. So there's, I, I think there's like, I forget how many uncommon sats there are, but there's 33 halvings, I think 33 or 34 halvings. So there's going to be 33 um, uh, mythic sats, but there's only five uh, times when the halving and the difficulty adjustment happen on the same block. So those are uh, legendary sats and they are gold and they are the highest tier of sat. They are the true uh, collector sat. I expect that the, the first one is coming in around 2034. Uh, so it hasn't, there's even one legendary sat yet, but I assume that the block that it arrives in, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath with people trying to mine that block. Yeah. It's going to be brutal. Because more people are talking about this now, or you think it's just ordinals will have taken off by then? Uh, (laughs) I, I, it's no, no, it's if it was mine tomorrow, it definitely would not be a bloodbath, but yeah, if ordinals take off and people get into this, uh, highly wacky sat rarity system then uh, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe it would, maybe there'd be some, uh, some hype around them. It's like a new Supreme drop, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like the Supreme Satoshi collab on rare sats. Wow, dude. But see, for me, like that part, like what you just described right there, that's the part that really gets me going. When I, when I uh-huh. think of ordinals, I'm like, yes. Yeah. That'd be- Everybody has a different thing. Like somebody else, like when I gave that talk at the Pleb Lab about ordinals, Somebody else said the same thing. He came up to me after. He was like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I was kind of like, whatever. And then he was like, yeah. And then you were like talking about rarity. And I was like, oh, these are like Pokemon cards. It was like, yeah, bro, that's right. 
Uh, yeah. Other people really like the naming system. Like they really like the fact that each sat has like a unique individual name. Um, and some people like the, um, the inscriptions that you can like add content to a sat. But yeah, I think, I think there's something there for everybody. Yeah. Ordinals is, it, it might just, it might just be a, a thing when like uh, kids will be taught this in school when they're like going to Bitcoin school or whatever. Just like in, and Professor Casey is teaching you Ordinals today. <laughs> this is, it's going to be the art class, I guess, you know, like the, uh, the elective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really cool. Like it's, it had, this all came from your mind, right? Like just so everybody knows, or did you, you grab this from somebody else or how did? Uh, yeah. Interesting, interesting story. So it did. Yeah. It did all come from my mind. Um, I started <laughs> about crazy Casey year. that you like had all this in your head, <laughs> not cra- crazy I, I, in a good way. I, no, no, no. I, I appreciate it. I take it as a compliment. Um, but yeah, so I started about a year ago. Um, and, and really I started, I was like, okay, like I, I want to make NFTs. Um, I, I've made some generative art in the past, the kind that like, um, has gotten popular on art blocks. Um, and so I, for the first time I was like, Oh, like I want to make NFTs. Like I didn't really care about NFTs in 2017 when they were popping off because I didn't see that there was a market for like the kind of art that I'd like to make. And I actually thought about doing it on Ethereum. I was like, okay, like, I mean, Ethereum kind of sucks, but you know, there's a market for NFTs. Maybe I'll make my own NFTs and sell them on Ethereum. And then just looking at Ethereum and, and the way that it works and the smart contracting language and the security and the development and just everything, I was like, I can't touch this. It's so awful. Like it's so centralized. A lot of the technical technical choices are so dumb. Like I just I couldn't do this. The main thing is that like I could make NFTs on Ethereum, but I could never encourage people to buy them. I could never tell anybody, like, hey, yeah, this is a good buy. Like there, there's so many problems with NFTs on Ethereum. Like, for example, each NFT collection on Ethereum is a smart contract. And that means that, you know, if, if somebody adds the, you know, permissions to the smart contract, they can, um, if they like add these permissions when they write the contract, the creator of the contract can uh, delete NFTs, change the owner, uh, change the image, um, or change other attributes of the NFT. And then also a lot of Ethereum NFT content is not stored on chain. And so it can be arbitrarily changed um, by, uh, by um, uh, like, like a lot of the content of Ethereum NFTs literally points to uh, like web servers on AWS. Yeah. So anyways, I was like, yeah, I can't do that. Um, and then I was like, how do I do uh, ordinals on Bitcoin or NFTs on Bitcoin? And one, one problem with... Um, doing something like NFTs on Bitcoin is that Bitcoin doesn't really have any stable identities. Like wallets reuse addresses or wallets don't reuse addresses or wallet will use a new address every time. So you can't say like this address owns something because, you know, each address should only be used once. And then UTXOs are created and destroyed, right? Like when, when a UTXO is used in that transaction, it doesn't like subtract when you use a two, if I send you, you know, one Bitcoin and I have a two Bitcoin UTXO, I don't like subtract one Bitcoin from that UTXO and create a new UTXO or, or increase a UTXO that you have by one Bitcoin. That two, that two Bitcoin UTXO is destroyed and a new one UTXO, uh, one Bitcoin UTXO that you own is created and, and a new one UTXO Bitcoin that I own was created. Is created so like you couldn't have a UTXO like own an NFT because UTXOs were just destroyed. Um, 
so finally, like I noodled on it for a long time and I was like, okay, like maybe we can like assign identities to sats. And because the transaction kind of preserves sats, right? The, the same number of sats that go into a transaction exit a transaction. If we can, if we can come up with a way of transferring sats from the inputs to the outputs, then we can stick NFTs on sats. Um, and I came, I went through a bunch of iterations of this, like how to, how to track sats and how to number them and everything. And then when I finished it, I was like, ah, these are like serial numbers for Satoshis. And so I went to Google and I typed in Satoshi serial numbers and I found a blog post, not a blog post, a Bitcoin talk forum post from 2012 from Johnson Lau. I forget if his name is Jonathan Lau or Johnson Lau who proposed exactly the Satoshi numbering and transfer scheme that I came up with and posted a Bitcoin forum talk post on it. And people talked about it for like a few pages and then just like forgot about it. Wow. So it, I actually think that it's sort of a case of independent invention. And, and, and there was one other, which was uh, there was a proof of stake implementation for Bitcoin that was proposed. And it didn't explicitly number the Satoshis, but it used a very similar um, like transfer algorithm to figure out like where the Satoshis are. And so I think that the ordinal theory is kind of like almost like a natural, like hidden part of Bitcoin. Like since multiple people came up with the same idea, it's kind of something that Bitcoin naturally lends itself to. Right. And then from there, you just kind of started working on it. Pretty, pretty much. Is that kind of how it happened? And then at this point, you, you have the handbook and everything else and now developers yeah, coming yeah. on. So. so I started working on a website, which was just like a website for like looking at individual ordinals. Um, and at the same time, I started working on an index, which will talk to a Bitcoin core node and to build the location of all sats, like to, for each UTXO, what are the sats in that UTXO? Um, I did that for a while and then I started working on a wallet. And so the wallet also, it, it, it doesn't have its own wallet. It just talks to a Bitcoin core node on your machine. So it's terminal only. Um, yeah. And then the handbook and the bounties and um, now inscriptions and trying to make inscriptions look good. So now, I, yeah. I, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then like we're working towards mainnet and just making it look really good the website so we can do a good uh, mainnet launch that like people will like be like oh that's cool like i want to own some inscriptions um and then we'll try to see how to um help a market develop because uh these things are kind of they're more fun if you can buy them or sell them and just be a just degenerate like i kind of think that ordinals they're kind of like a shit coin for bitcoiners no no i wouldn't call them i wouldn't go that far well, not I mean, there's, there's no. no, you know, I'm not, I'm not minting any tokens, so it's kind of, it's not really a shitcoin, you know, but it, it has that shitcoiny like fun aspect to it. Does you it? Know? No, I, whenever I think of shitcoins, I think of them as like just, they're just bad. Like they're not even well thought out. You know, I feel like this is, yeah, it's, it's, it's better than that. It's way better than that. I think it's more fun, and you kind of like, uh, yeah, this rarity to it that has a lot of different you know, use cases potentially. Um, yeah, at least that's what I see in it, but maybe you're right. <laughs> I just mean that some of the shit, like probably some of the fun of being a shit coiner is like collecting shit coins like they're Pokemon. You know, you're like out there, like like I in the tall that. grass looking for promising shit coins. 
uh, looking for the, some shiny shit coins, you know? Well, and yeah, like obviously shit coins, there's other reasons why shit coins are bad, but that's probably fun. And this lets you do that like with your sats, with just Bitcoin. And so you don't need to feel bad. You're not supporting like terrible devs or whatever. You're just like looking for like uh, shiny, shiny sats in your YouTube. Yeah, you, you want a certain you want a certain type of sat when it's sent to you. You're like, don't give me those trash sats. Give me like, exactly, some yeah, good sats. Yeah. 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 There's there, you could also do some strats like if you want to go hunting for rare sats. So like deposit some Bitcoin to an exchange. And then, I mean, don't deposit a lot because, you know, maybe the exchange will like go away or rug you or whatever. And then withdraw the same amount out and you'll get new sats. Oh, wow. You, you just, yeah. You know what, you know, what's interesting. You could probably do like ordinal kind of like sat hunting where you uh-huh. just like, I don't know how you would do it, but you would just put an address somewhere where somebody could lift sats and then like you just place them around town. Just oh yeah, QR, yeah, 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 QR yeah, yeah, codes, yeah, yeah. and then like everybody just uses their their app. Yeah, to totally. Find, yeah. Right? Well, That'd I mean, I already cool. have like I have the the bounties. Yeah, the um, bounties. But it would be cool to see that in real life. Well, you wait. Know? Here, wait. Check this out. What's that? These are uh, open dimes. Whoa. That the, the bounties are going on. The bounties are going on these open dimes. Dang. That's sick. Is that the same so, case that you got from Nashville? Exactly. Yeah, it's my <laughs> Bitcoin Park uh, like attendance gift. That was yeah. a really nice gift. <laughs> yeah. Here, wait. Let's see. So the the bounty addresses for the different bounties. Um, this is bounty zero. So this bounty has a sat with which is um, ends with a zero. This is a very easy one just to get people going, getting started. Uh, this open dime, it has a old sat. I believe it has a sat that was mined in, on, in block uh, 426. So way back in the day, maybe like a month or a couple of weeks after the Genesis block. And this open dime has a uh, uncommon sat. So it, the, the, the sat is the first sat of the block in which it was mined. Wow. So you're collecting yeah. these already. Look oh, at you. Yeah. Balling out of control over here. Yeah. Have you talked to MBK about this? Have you uh, have you ever I, had a conversation I, I, I about ordinals directly? But whenever I post about uh, like the bounty and I post pictures of the open dimes, I've seen people from uh, like open dime like 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 it. So I'm sure he's I'm sure he's he's aware. aware. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, MBK, have um, have Casey on the uh, Bitcoin Review podcast. I think that would be cool. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I'll, I'll be on the Bitcoin. I'll be on. I'll, I'll talk on any podcast about ordinals. Let's go. Do you remember that time when we were at Bitcoin Park and I was I was trying to get you on to Citadel Dispatch? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yo, what's up, Matt? And then you were right there, and I was like, yo, Matt. So when's uh, the ordinals on Citadel podcast happening? <laughs> you just looked at it's, me. It's coming eventually. It's coming. I, I, I feel bad. Like I feel bad. I, I like. I like. I like. You can't be embarrassed to shill it. You can't be embarrassed to shill it, Casey. That's the thing. You but gotta like, like a, go in that's hard. That's like a privacy advocate, and these are like the opposite of privacy. Like, oh, to be clear, they, yeah, they you're don't right. hurt your privacy if you um, don't use them. Um, if you don't use ordinals, but if you're collecting them like you and putting them on open dimes, then what's up? If you're collecting them like yourself and putting them on open dimes, then it's kind of privacy, right? That's true, yeah, because they just go into that open dime, and then you can't see them. You can't see their transfer afterwards. Um, but yeah, it is it is sort of encouraging people to use the Bitcoin blockchain in a in a more public way. And so I sort of, from a privacy perspective, it's not the best. Yeah, maybe they're out yeah. there already collecting them. We don't even know. 
Maybe some That's people, true. maybe some people are like ahead of, of you and they've already gone out there. They looked at your work and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to be out there grabbing all these rare and exotic ordinals sats before, uh, before everybody else does. I wouldn't be surprised. There's always some like really cutting edge DJs out there who just go ham. <laughs> Dude. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, too much of your time, but, uh, how's the hell money pod going, man? That's that, that money pod. Yeah. Ripping strong, uh, youtube.com slash at hell money or, uh, Dude, podcast of the year. Money. Podcast of the year. I did. It's you guys have my vote. Like, Oh yeah. Podcast nice. of the year, man. Like there's, nice. Thanks, man. there's, there's not a better time watching, you know, Bitcoiners on YouTube than uh, hell money pod. It's yeah. Good, look dude. forward to our next episode. Uh, Aaron, my co-host, uh, she dressed up as AOC <laughs> and I dressed up as Donald Trump and we debate, debated democracy. She was a uh, pro democracy. I was anti-democracy. Oh man. I like the one that uh, you guys just did it recently where it felt like, it felt like a horror movie. Uh, and yeah, yeah. You're giving me that look. You guys were driving, you were driving and it was like, I guess it was silent. Like you guys hadn't turned on the mics yet and it was uh-huh. silent and it was just like this one shot. And then you guys pulled up and you're like, all right, welcome to the next episode of money. Pot. I was like, Whoa, it, it, it had, you guys, were, you guys were like in the forest or something like in, in like in the car, but like talking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of like the, um, so I think that the, you know, we do, we record on video and we do audio. And so if we don't do anything, you know, all our, our video looks all the same. It's just me and Aaron sitting at my table talking in my, in my living room. Um, and so I started wanting to get some like visual interest to the podcast episodes or to the video, just like, I think it's just fun if they look different. And I, I don't actually think that you need to do that much. I think they just need to be different from your usual setup. And so we recorded one where we were both in the forest. That was our debate capitalism ep- episode where Aaron dressed up as an elf. Yeah, I remember and that And I dressed one. up as a businessman <laughs> and so with good. a pipe. Yeah, and <laughs> so we good. debated capitalism in the forest. Um, and then we did that episode, which we recorded in a car. And then uh, we did the AOC versus Trump episode where he just wore costumes. So it's like, I think, I think like, and, and I want to do other ones. I don't think that you need to do anything too crazy. It's just like if you make something look different about the environment, yeah, uh, it makes the videos a lot more fun instead of just exactly the same. Every video looks exactly the same. But I think the key is, is that you don't mention what you're doing or why you're doing it. So the episode that we did in the forest, we never once mentioned that we're in the forest dressed up. <laughs> the episode in the car, like I don't think we mentioned once that we were in the car. Yeah, you guys don't. We yeah, the don't. Car. The only thing, the only time I think it was, I think Aaron said, uh, she's like, oh, you're going to um, smoke out or smog out this whole, this beast, or I don't know what she, what she described uh-huh. it as, but yeah. I think My 2006 it. Honda Civic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a great pod, man. I really enjoy uh, listening to it and uh, checking it out every week. It's how I stay up to date with ordinals. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, where should everybody find you? Where should everybody check everything out at? Uh, I guess uh, my, my, my handle that I have everywhere is uh, Rodamore, Rod- Rodamore, which is my last name. It's spelled R-O-D-A-R-M-O-R. So you can find me pretty much everywhere. Twitter.com slash R-O-D-A-R-M-O-R. Website is R-O-D-A-R-M-O-R.com. Uh, GitHub is actually have Casey on GitHub. So github.com slash Casey, the project, the ordinals project, like the binary, all the code that's github.com slash Casey slash O R D and how many pod, 
uh, hell, hellpodcast.money. That's the, uh, that's the URL for that. Gosh, doing a lot, man. Yeah, it's busy. But I mean, I, honestly, I, I do it because I've, because I've helped because my friends are awesome. Like the pod only happens because of Aaron. She edits all the episodes. Um, and we keep each other motivated for doing it. And, uh, Raf, who's working with me on ordinals and then also Wildman, who's sort of a friend of ordinals who comes up with a lot of good ideas and kind of has his pulse on the, on the broader ecosystem. Um, yeah, totally. Couldn't do it alone. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see what, uh, ordinals comes into. Like it's, uh, it's, it, it's this little project that no one's paying attention to right now. And then all of a sudden Jack starts uh, tweeting out ordinals. You never know. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack's going to sell his first Noster, uh, post as a ordinals NFT. You have, you, you just never know. Thank you.